What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, everybody. Welcome to TMG. I'm your host, Travis Patton Sr., I enjoy discovering and sharing real-life moments of inspiration from everyday people. And this show is about finding moments of inspiration for our everyday lives. And look, and if you're going to tell me something, then tell me something good. Today, everybody, we talk about breaking the silence with autism. This is going to be a great episode with some great information, something you're not want to going to miss. So, as always, this is going to be good. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of TMG. That's Tell Me Something Good. Hey, guys. I'm your host, Travis Patton Sr. Real quick, don't forget to visit our Facebook page. That's Tell Me Something Good with a capital T. Hey, I want to give a shout out to my lovely wife, Nicole. I also want to thank everyone tuning in all around the world, guys. Yeah, TMG is being heard in countries like Canada, France, Germany, and Puerto Rico, of course, right here in the United States. I'm grateful to all the faithful listeners and on all of our first-time listeners as well, you are an important part of the show. Guys, today, uh, we're going to talk about something that's pretty important. I think that uh, sometimes goes under the radar. And today, guys, uh, we're going to talk about uh, autism. Yeah, we're going to talk about autism. And are there ways that you can kind of pull something positive out of this um out of this disease. And guys, understand this, autism is unlike any other disease out there. Um, it's kind of categorized as what they call ASD. And what that just basically means is it has a spectrum of how it affects or impacts people. It doesn't impact everybody the same way. 
there's no way you'll be able to look at someone and say, oh, they have autism because he, he looked exactly like everybody else. Uh, and I'm reading this. Uh, in 2020, just last year, the CDC reported that approximately one in the 54 children in the U.S. are diagnosed with autism or ASD, which is um, autism spectrum disorder. That's what it's called. So, and get this, one in 54, that's quite a bit. And get this, boys are four times more likely to get it than girls. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's absolutely nuts. Guys, I have an audience with me today on the show, a friend of mine, really nice guy. He's a singer. I am not, so you will not hear me sing. This guy is a performer, but uh, he's a very special guest here. His name is Aaron Smith. I'm going to come on real quick, let him introduce himself. And guys, then we're going to talk about this because, uh, again, sometimes I do think it does go under the radar of how important it is. I want to find out how autism may have impacted individuals with autism because one of the main things about autism, it is a developmental disease. What it is, it impacts how individuals communicate, uh, social skills, and having a, a set routine is important uh, to individuals with autism because it helps them deal with it a whole lot better. Uh, so, Aaron, uh, do me a favor, man. Uh, where are you right now? Where are you at? Where you live, Aaron? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi. Hello, folks. Uh, this is Aaron Smith. I am here in uh, beautiful Midwestern Appleton, Wisconsin, and uh, I've been doing a, an Elvis tribute, um, a tribute to Elvis Presley, the life and legacy of uh, the king of rock and roll, um, for about five, six years now. Um, 70s is my thing. Um, the jumpsuits, the capes, the, the, the glamour and glitz of it, the Vegas is probably my favorite era to do. And I live with uh, Asperger's and autism, um, high-functioning autism, like you said, a spectrum. Um, it is a spectrum. You can have so many different, I don't want to say labels, but different types of individuals with it. But like you had said, you know, anybody who comes to see my show or comes to see me perform or sees me on the street wouldn't know. Um, that I had autism or Asperger's because there really isn't a way, you know, to tell tell if an individual has it unless it's severe. So I always say I was blessed with that because growing up, you know, you you wouldn't tell unless you really got to know me that that I struggled with that. So yeah, that's that's amazing. Appreciate it. He's there, guys. He's in Wisconsin. Uh, I don't know if it's cold right there now or not. It is uh, not. It is sticky here in in Wisconsin. See, that's hard to imagine Wisconsin even being hot because I'm so used to seeing uh, the Green Bay Packers play, and it's always yeah, cold. The, the frozen tundra, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always cold in there. So, uh, uh, you guys being hot, I just kind of hard my mind to wrap that around that. Uh, well, I just got back from Florida, and surprisingly, you know who we all have our apps on our phones to where right. we live to do our, our local weather where we're at. Well, I was in Florida, Miami, Florida, and Cutler Bay, Florida. Um, while I was down there, Florida was in the 70s, and Wisconsin was hitting the 90s. Oh, well, so yeah, I was yeah. actually kind of surprised at that. Yeah, I would be too, guys. Too. Uh, so, guys, so <laughs> we're talking about autism. And we talked about it's called ASD, Autistic uh, Spectrum Disease. It, it can really cover a range of things. And one thing I was, when I was researching this, um, it said that individuals with it can go from very gifted 
too very challenged in their lives. Uh, you'll see some, you may be aware of some individuals who need more assistance when they have autism. And then there's some, and like Eric said in his case, he feels very blessed that he doesn't need as much of it. And that's just how broad the spectrum can go. Uh, but with today, guys, we want to talk about, uh, you know, the impacts of possible impacts of autism with individuals with COVID. So I wanted to bring Aaron on. Uh, we met through a friend and I want to get Aaron on here and talk about those things, how it has impacted him. And what are some positive things that he has kind of been able to been up to to keep himself positive because of everything? And uh, I'm interested in it. I know you're interested in it and wanted to hear what it has to say because you tuned in. So, guys, we're going to talk about that. So get your seat self ready. Uh, I don't know if you're on your way to work, on your way home, but uh, pull up a chair either way you go. And uh, we're going to talk about this thing called autism. So, Aaron, uh, you and I have been talking uh, kind of before this yes. show when we talked yes. email. And I'm going to ask you something, and this is just, I'm curious. All right, sure. so when you and I were talking, you mentioned that you had a health concern that made dealing with COVID-19 a little bit more challenging. You kind of uh, led on a little bit just now. Uh, can you share with us a little bit in detail about what the health concern is? Sure, absolutely. With individuals with autism and Asperger's, it, that routine is key, right, for right. for figuring out, um, you know, your day-to-day -day life kind of, I don't want to say merges with, but eventually you become, you get comfortable with the daily routine, whether it's getting on the bus, going to work, whether it's going to a certain store, going to a gym. Mm -hmm. So when COVID started, when first it first started, I was still working, but I chose to... Um, quit my uh my nine to five not the eldest thing but my nine to five just because there was that anxiety i don't have a car at the moment so i take public transportation so there was all that anxiety from public from my routine being some sort of a disrupted if you will that created this this anxiety or this triangle of like a b c okay that's normal now i have h-i-j-k to deal with so it was for me I work with the public. I love working retail. I love working with the public. But with COVID, it was, you know, I had a family member that was, uh, had some health issues as well. So it was deciding to see family. If I worked, I couldn't do that because I was with the public. Right. So it was putting family before work. And then once things really got bad with, with the entertainment world and that going away as well, um, for a little bit, had it not been for my uh, really, really good friend, Sebastian, who, who travels with me as, as bodyguard and assistant manager and all that, still visiting me. So I had some sort of a, a normal still. Right, right. Um, I think it would have been a lot more difficult. But that whole routine getting disrupted just threw me through a loop because not only am I now not working, which I love being around people, mm -hmm. but I'm also not performing on stage. And, and entertaining and doing what I love that way. So it was definitely, it, it took me a while to consider or to find what would be my, you know, what's the new routine for Aaron or what is that going to be like? Because right. there was just so much uncertainty about it. So with the help of counseling, which I was very fortunate enough to have a, a counselor and um, some people who helped me uh, staff or Almost, I hate that term, but some people who also help me not when I'm not up, when I'm not on stage, but that are family friends, um, a lady by the name of Brooke Olson and Cindy 
Um, had I not had those people in my life to continue to say, okay, we're going to get through this. We just don't know how we're going to get through this, but we're going to get through this. Right. I, I think that helped immensely. Had I had no supports, if you will, I think it would be a lot more challenging. And I know there are people around the world that unfortunately don't always have that. So I can't imagine what it was like for them, but it was, it was different. I don't think people think, you know, we focus so much on the mental health issues Mm-hmm. for everybody in America and all over the country and the world. But the elderly and people with disabilities, that's probably, like they always say, it's times two. It's times two for them. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, that's how, I mean, that's how I perceived it. And that's how it felt for me. I, I you know, I can't, um, I, I don't have autism. And, uh, my kids do, fortunately. And I don't know what it's like growing up in a household like that. So all the information you're sharing with us is enlightening. It's helping us all that's listening because we're understanding, we're kind of getting a peek inside the world, you know, of individuals with autism. And I, and I say that because, again, I made the statement at the beginning that the CDC says that you can look at someone with autism and you can just look at someone who does it and you can't tell the difference. So no, you can't. So it's kind of like almost uh, people with autism or ASD, rather. I don't want to call it autism, with ASD, rather. Uh, they almost can suffer in silence uh, before they're diagnosed. You know, they can have these, this thing going on. And a lot of times they say it starts developing around age three because it's a developmental thing where children don't speak. Uh, they don't have, have difficult times with relationships, whether it be friendships or whatever. And uh, it's kind of almost like the individual suffers in silence before it's properly diagnosed. So it could go on for years before it's even properly diagnosed. Well, that was, I, I, that's a perfect, one of the most perfect analogies I've ever heard. Um, My uh, mom and dad, you know, I went to different, I don't want to say therapists, but like, it takes a while before you get that diagnosis. So it was like figuring out, you know, because some of them, like you said, they don't talk. Um, or, or they fix it. the key signs a lot for me. And from what I've learned is that obsessing they they'll fixate on something. Right, so that's, right. a sign. um, or, or they'll do a behavior over and over and over again, or, or little things like that. But I was fortunate that my, my, my father and my mother were very, um, my mother, both of them were kind of trying to get, okay, well, what, what medication does he need to be on? Or like what therapies can we help him so he can function at um, the quality of life so that he can have a normal life. And at a young age in the early 2000s, there wasn't as I would, wouldn't have to say there wasn't, I'd have to say there wasn't as much as there is now for people with disabilities. It was, I guess, a guessing game for a good two, three years before, you know, there was other people who are going, well, I'm going to take my kid in for that, or my kid's doing that too. Or... Right. Yeah. Now, on, on a family side, growing up with it, I'm the only one that has it. But I will say I am really grateful because I'm also, um, you know, the youngest in, in my family. So I'm definitely grateful. You know, when they say hindsight's twenty twenty, I'm grateful that my, my dad especially <laughs> – had a lot of patience. So did my mom, but I tested them pretty good. And I, I'm really grateful for the patience and for the fact that, you know, 
they understood that it wasn't a thing to give up on. It was challenging, but they were going to find a way not only in school, but in, 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 in other aspects of life to make it so that, you know, he'll get it, but he'll get it in his time. You know, we have to make him understand it, but we can't make him understand it like everyone else does. Correct, because correct, it's correct. Yeah, we got to be a little bit, we got to address it differently. That's good. Uh, Aaron, um, look, we're talking about so many different ways to work as treatments with ASD. Get it, guys, keep in mind, there's no pills you can take. There's no mm -hmm. vaccine that can go, yeah, you know, there's no shots they can take. So there's different forms of treatment they can offer. I'm um, actually, there, there are so many different ways to cope and handle the things that you have. This a lot what I hear. I just hear there's a lot. Um, I know you are a performer. I know you are. I see the King poster behind you, so I know you're a performer. <laughs> uh, please share with everyone that's listening and everyone that's watching, uh, please share with the audience how music and performing has benefited you as an individual with ASD. And because you mentioned earlier about a routine or something. Can you mm -hmm. tell how music has played a part in kind of helping you in it? Absolutely. I would say, well, even from a young age, my dad's going to laugh when he hears this, but and you, you, you too, like, cause I'm, I, I don't like to say I'm old, but like I used to, when I was really young to go to sleep, most people like me to like really quiet, right? I would have to have like a CD player next to my bed and it was, I believe it was the Elvis Live at Madison Square Garden album. And I would have it on repeat because if it ended and I wasn't asleep, then I'd wake up, right? So I'd have this, this, this from a young age, I, mean, I want to say it was 13, 14, this CD and I'd have it on repeat just to go to sleep. Well, imagine being a parent and your room's next door and you're hearing it all night long, okay? <laughs> so thank gosh for the invention of, of the, the Walkman, if you will, or the one, right. yes. you know, the CD player with the head, you know, struggle of putting it in your jacket pocket because they weren't this big, they were like that big. Exactly. I hate to say music put me to sleep well before the trend of, uh, what do we call it, the, with the thunderstorms and that oh, sort yeah. of, yeah, those well before that trend. Music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to say that. And then growing up, I had a, a wonderful choir teacher um, who would always kind of find a rockabilly part, even if it wasn't just strictly Elvis, it was like 50s thing. Right. And then as I got older, I say it evolved because I never, with social media, I was able to be like, okay, there's, there's this, this Elvis impersonator and there's this tribute and there's people my age doing it. So the obsession with the autism part, the OCD, kind of came into a, a blessing because I started to be like, okay, Elvis wore this in 1972, so I'm going to get this costume to wear on stage. And he wore this and this, so I'm going to get this costume. And so social, I want to say social media and the internet as well, because I, I was I was so used to having making stuff, the availability of ordering custom stuff, not just your typical stuff for on stage, really the availability of that helped. And then um, eventually um, <laughs> the interesting thing was we had a, a live band karaoke type thing in my hometown. Uh -huh. And I started to go down for that because the friend's like, you need to go down. You should do this. Like, I don't need to have a drink to listen to you sing. <laughs> but um, I started doing that and I was so pleased because I just would do one or two songs. 
a couple of the band members that were on stage at this event ended up encouraging me to start a band. Now, you know, with band people, it's like he's in this band and that band and they're in that band and it's right, right. Web. Um, but we started, we were starting to rehearse like a full set because usually I would do like four songs, three, four, five, six. But we were starting to rehearse like the era, the era accurate, like the 70s version of Burning Love, the 70s version of, yeah. And we, they, my, uh, my bandmates, we actually created a name because I'm not good at names at all. We created a name called Aaron Presley and the Wipeouts. That was going to be the band name. Now we were rehearsing before COVID came out and they were rehearsing my stuff. Since we live in the same town, we don't have to go to each other's houses, but we're so close that it's like, they'll send me stuff and be like, what should I tweak instead of having like a GM session in the living room? Correct. Correct. Um, And we were doing that and trying to find more venues than, you know, the the local stuff. Cause the other, the other band that did a live band karaoke was also had some of my band band members in it. So we would do like, I do my Elvis thing and then other people could come up and sing, but we were starting to develop a, a set list. That's the word I was looking for, a set list of songs. And then when COVID hit, it was frustrating because it hit at the peak for me. We were just starting to get a set list down. We were just starting to kind of form things to get our own mm-hmm. thing together. And then, and then the COVID situation happened. That was really unfortunate because, um, I really was not only, you know, your mom, your mom says you're good, but are you good enough for other people? And my mom never was the biased mother that said, you sound great. She would tell me if I didn't sound so good. So it was, it was working on the voice mainly for me because I had the costumes down and I had the moves down. It was just getting that, that 70s voice down. And I'd have to say even Elvis, when I'm not on stage as a performer, really, I guess every person has that music that they get into their head and they just get lost in. Elvis, that was basically for me. But when I would do my shows on stage, I I saw other Elvis tribute artists and impersonators, and I didn't want to take it so seriously that it looks like it's an act. That's where I said would talk in between songs because I remember there was one one evening we were doing something and we were going into the next song and. I'm a big LGBTQ advocate. I'm a big uh, BLM advocate. Um, basically, my thing is you can do what you want to do. That's what we only get one life. Do what you want to do. As long as you're not hurting anybody, you know, do what you want to do. And so my thing is, you know, I had a, I got caught off guard because I was on stage one night and I, I'm so used to hearing the ladies, we love you, we love you, we love you, that sort of thing. That's like second nature. I was in the audience and I was, I think I was looking at the set list and I had a gentleman go, I love you, Elvis. And I was like, I just remember they were, they were filming it. And I just remember my expression with the microphone in my hand and at split second, I, and my parents are like, that's what, because most people with autism, they need to be in a room by themselves. They don't want noise. They don't want sound sort of thing. I just remember the quick response of like, I love you too, sir. Like (laughs) it just comes second nature, but I like, that's the myth that I always get from people is they go, you go on stage, you go in front of a camera, you're in front of an audience. I said, yeah, I, it's, that's the myth with autism. I said, but I'm getting into a character. I'm not Aaron Smith on stage. I'm, I'm Aaron, the Elvis tribute artist. For so, that, I, I would, so. so what I hear, what I'm hearing and what our audience is hearing is that 
the way music has helped you is that earlier we mentioned about the routine helps mm -hmm. uh, individuals with ASD. So when I hear you talk about things like set lists and practice and it, it helped you develop a, a routine to help you cope with your uh, with ASD. It helped you to develop that. And when COVID came, it really interrupted that routine. And I can only imagine how that had to throw things out of whack for you. Uh, not just you, any, anyone with ASD, anyone that's listening, anyone that's watching, um, can you just imagine uh, you're having a set routine of doing something. And, and this routine is not just a regular routine where you're going to work from home. This is to help you cope with the quality of life. You know, right. it's, it's, it's not just one to, so you so say, I'm bored. No, this is, this is a, a, a quality of life development. It helps you to be able to mix it. I can't say normal people because everyone's normal. <laughs> uh, it just helps <laughs> improve your quality of life. So I can only imagine when COVID came that uh, it interrupted all of that. Let me ask you this, this question. Uh, and I know you, you've done a lot of work on stage and, and how this is, uh, did you continue to practice to try to help establish and keep that routine going? Because it was interrupted. You know, you, you had a, you had a set routine. You said people who were on the band with you, you guys were just, Hey, text this, you know, what should I do? You knew up, you were going to go to work. You worked in retail, you did your music and you had a routine. Your life had a routine that helped you to cope with uh, your ASD. Did you continue to practice to help try to have that sense of routine again? Yeah, you know, and I actually, I did. It took a little nudging though, because I had other tenor, entertainer friends go, well, you should try just doing like backing karaoke tracks in your living room, or you should try you know, maybe doing like Facebook Live and you should just try something to stay consistent. So right. in my living room, yeah, I practiced with the set list. I didn't do, uh, you know, like a Facebook Live show type thing, but I would I would practice myself and I would, you know, send stuff to people being like, well, when this is over, we should add this to the list. But cool. yeah, because vocally, you lose that vocal. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You use, you lose the, the, um, that Elvis voice that you know you you're using that on stage for an hour and you you lose that because you're not again you're not doing it so it's like almost I don't want to say like an accent but you redevelop your your normal voice and you lose that that theatrical so you, so so your world is a world of routines where it mm -hmm. has to have those routines in it yes. and, and anything can, can can be disruptive but COVID certainly a pandemic, pandemic meaning around the world, certainly uh, interrupted that. Let me ask you this. So we got people around the world listening to you right now, okay? So um, there are some possibly dealing with relatives and family members with autism. Because remember, we, I gave you the statistics that the CDC said. Um, one in the 54 kids here in America alone, in America alone, have uh, ASD. It also says that one in 160 kids worldwide has that. So there are a lot of people, that's like 0.63% of the children worldwide has that. Um, uh, let me ask you, what would you say to someone right now? Let's say 
it was me. And let's say I had autism, okay? Mm -hmm. And um, I was having a difficult time coping with it because of COVID. And I was having a difficult time dealing with it. And I'm trying to pull some positive out of it. What would you say to someone out there that may be facing similar challenges that you did? Because I can only imagine having grown up, you had to be bullied, talked about, you know, thought, you know, all those different things. So what would you say to someone out there that may be facing similar challenges as you did? And what kind of words of advice do you have? I would first of all say, don't ever give up. It's going to feel like you're the only one with that issue or problem, but it, it, it's going to get better. You know, I, I was in, we've all, I would say we've all been there, but you know, everyone's journey in life is different. Mm -hmm. um, I would have to say, don't give up, be you, do your thing. And, and, you know, if, if you're, my struggle was in, in the high school and middle school, you know, when you're in school, you know, kids are cruel, they don't understand, but I would have to say, just keep being you because nine times out of 10, you know, the kids that don't understand you or put you down or make fun of you because you're different, A, they're jealous of that. We all are jealous of people that are different or that can do something better than us. Right. But once you graduate high school, nine times out of 10, the people that stick with you are going to be the real friends that you're going to have long term for your life. Those other people, whatever they want to do, they can do. But nine times out of 10, they leave and they do their own thing and they never see their faces again. So I just do your thing and, and don't let other people put you down. Because I think the main thing that I've learned with the COVID crisis is, is, to treat people with kindness, to treat people with love, because the world needs love. Love is no good by itself. Um, and, and I just think that the positivity always outweighs the negativity. Love wins, and just be yourself. Be yourself. Be, be your own individual person, and don't let anybody change that or tarnish that. That's a gift. Absolutely. Absolutely good news, guys. That's what we do here with TMG. Uh, tell me something good. We make sure that we provide some good information. Uh, guys, uh, here's some information I was reading. Um, this is from the CDC. Um, if you suspect your child or someone you know may have ASD, uh, you can find, um, you can contact uh, them, uh, the early intervention system. They actually have an uh, early intervention system set up in every state, in all 50 states. Uh, you can find the right contact information for your state by um, calling the Early Childhood Technical Assistance Center. That's the ECTA, the Early Childhood Technical Assistance Center. Uh, you can do that by dialing area code 919-962-2001, or you can visit their website, ECTA. Uh, that's the website where you can uh, contact uh, the center in your state where you are uh, if you think your child or someone may need those assistance and need those services, guys. Uh, also, uh, I was looking at something here. Uh, it's a Facebook page called Autism Speaks. Uh, Autism Speaks, guys. You can check it out. Uh, you can learn some information uh, find out some great news and some great things. Now, I know, Aaron, uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, I know you're a performer. So yes. give the people your website. I think you told me earlier, make sure it's, <laughs> it's Aaron Smith, uh, Aaron Smith, Elvis Tribute Artist. Am I correct? 
Yes, it's Aaron Smith, Elvis tribute artist, or I think it's the other way around, Elvis tribute artist, Aaron Smith. It's one of those two. Um, and you can find me there on my social media. That would be Facebook. Um, I post my show dates, um, videos of, in the Elvis world, we have different competitions. So if I'm going to be in a competition, whether it's Memphis, Tennessee, Tupelo, uh, Las Vegas, that will be posted there. And I post videos from every performance, most every performance I do, the videos will be shared on that page. So you can view them and comment and hit that like button. And uh, if you need to book me or want to book me once your state or your area um, figures out what they're going to do with the restrictions and the COVID stuff. Um, you can contact me and my DMs there. Um, and I will get back to you at, at the most earliest convenience. Oh, that's fantastic, guys. Guys, remember then, that's Aaron Smith, Elvis Tribute Artist. You can find him on a face on his Facebook page. If you want to book him, reach out to him and send him a message. Let him know if you're interested, guys. It has been absolutely amazing. A wonderful uh, episode here. Aaron, you got any final party encouraging words for anybody before we get out of here, man? I just would have to say, you know, take life one day at a time and, and most certainly be your authentic self. Live your truth. Be yourself. And, and you know, the rest will follow, as they say, you know. And, and music, not just Elvis music, but music really, really heals the mind. And I always said without music, the world would be a great place so um whatever music you're into listen to that do your thing and and always always folks check in on your friends especially those with disabilities because uh, it's the trying time for them right now um mental health mental health awareness every day so that is all i have to say folks awesome guys we're going to get out of here uh my name is travis patton saying you're here with tell tmg that's tell me something good Remember, guys, you can visit us on our Facebook page. That's Tell Me Something Good with the capital T. Guys, before we leave, I want you all to do me a favor. Everybody that's listening, everybody that's watching, go to our Facebook page. And I want you to look for the link for the post that says Aaron. Yeah, just going to say Aaron. I want you guys to please uh, go ahead and leave some comments about the show, what you thought. And if you need any of that additional information that I provided to you in the show, so please, we can give you that as well. Guys, also don't forget, people have been wanting to know, can I support your page? Can I support what you're doing, Travis? Uh, yeah, you can. You can support me. Uh, please help us improve the show, make things a little bit better. Also, guys, don't forget, uh, we'll be here each week Make sure we provide you something good. And party, guys, look, if you're going to tell me something, then tell me something good.